are you obsessed with money? I know I have been and have been at different stages of my life. And the one and only Taylor from Life Goal Investments put out an amazing Instagram post, really with self-reflection on the four stages of his money obsession. We just got to break it down. How you doing, buddy? Doing great. Thanks so much for having me as always. I'm uh, I'm excited. This is like half embarrassing, half, you know, I, I don't know how to look at this. This was just the honest truth I felt about myself after my wife and I got done with the conversation. So. I think I think that's always the best post when you just have honest reflection. You get a little vulnerable. You get embarrassed by how you acted. So, uh, let's give a shout out to your wife, who's really led the conversation. And then let's go through the four stages of your money obsession. And I'll admit, they hit home with me. <laughs> yeah, this is honestly, you know, my wife has said this time and time again, and and it's just true. I, I am obsessed with money and. I guess to the point of the post kind of have gone through like these four different iterations of my money obsession, I guess. And even the post doesn't mention this, but just by way of background, like I grew up in a, in a like perfectly middle-class family. Like, uh, you know, we struggled paycheck to paycheck, like every middle-class family does. Um, we didn't have dirt floors. I'm not saying that we were ultra poor or anything like that, but we were your run of the mill family. So kind of embedded early and my parents were both grinders to make that, you know, living status be the case. So embedded early, we didn't have a lot of money to, you know, throw around. And that's kind of come with me throughout my career, I guess. But right out of college, I had significant debt and I had a $40,000 paying job and I lived in the New York metro area. So that gives you an idea of how much loose change I had rolling around at that time. And it was very little to any. So the first stage that I called it was just absolute necessity. Just I, I yeah. didn't have any extra money to spend on anything above and beyond basic needs. So I, I just want to, if we can put some numbers here, round numbers are fine. When you talk about student debt, are we talking 50 grand, 100 grand? I mean, where, where was your debt load at that point, if you, if you don't mind sharing? Yeah, yeah, no problem. I had um, about, and this is kind of like, I was actually looking for some of this data the other day and I don't have the specifics on it, but I'm going to ballpark it at about 60,000. Yeah. Yeah. When I left college again, I, I went to a JC cause I had to pay for my college, right? I got married at 19 and my parents were like, dude, you're on your own. You're a married man. Go do your thing. So <laughs> I went to a Danza college, which was like $4 a credit or something, which I paid for. Then I go to Santa Clara uh, for two years, which is, which is a very good local school. I think I leave my undergrad with like 40 grand in debt. I take yep. a year off and then I go back and get my MBA all said and done. Yeah. I think, I think I had about I think it was 55,000 in student debt yep. when I got done. And to your point, necessity, that's, that was, I worked two jobs. I worked two jobs until my student debt was paid off. I didn't feel I could have a day off. Like I worked seven days a week for almost four years, like eh, three and a half years to pay off my that's, student debt. Cause I didn't that's like that it. grind mentality. I mean, that's, that that's where necessity is like, Hey, I have to get out of this hole I've dug for myself. And it was a smart hole to dig probably, right. You probably needed that college degree, but, or, or did or didn't, whatever you want to say there. The other thing that was a little bit complex when it came to my financial situation, looking back at that time was I was going to school at night for my MBA. So I would, I would work during the day, I, go to school at night and yeah, my company too. was flipping the bill, but I had to front the money. So yes. it was like this cash flow situation where, again, I, it was essentially net neutral. I ended up paying a little out of pocket, but not much. Yeah. It was net neutral, but it was I had to front it. And then at the end of the semester, they would backfill me. Yes. Which, I say, and it was thing. another same. month or so after the end, too. So it was just a little bit of a cash flow timing situation. Yeah. So let's get to step two, because, again, I went through this 
uh, and I'll admit the hard truth, but what, what is uh, step two of your money obsession? Yeah. Step two was the, the fun money. I don't know. I guess that's what, <laughs> maybe what you call it. <laughs> now I, uh, I kind of hit my stride at about six years into my career or even four years into the career. And at six years, the the money from Wall Street had been accumulating. And admittedly, right. at this point, I was living in a $1,100 a month apartment. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my life was still super frugal. My wife and I were living in Indianapolis at this point. We had mm-hmm. just moved out there. And I was wanting to show that I had, you know, made it right. So I went out and I bought a Maserati. Uh, um, so <laughs> again, this is like the embarrassing one. This is the embarrassing one. And, and granted, I have always been a car guy. I've always liked cars, but for me to look at myself in the mirror and not say that that's a lot of why I did it was to say, Hey, I'm here. I made it. I would be yeah. lying. So you're six years in, you're probably 28, 29 at that point, maybe 30. Yeah, I was probably, I think I bought it in 2016, which I would have been 28 years old. Okay, 28. Uh, But you are so probably making six figures at that point, easily. Yeah, I I, I made a deal with myself that that if I could, after tax, this is crazy to say, and I don't know why I'm divulging this, this is embarrassing too, but if I made after tax enough money to pay for it in one paycheck, that I was was good to purchase it. There you go. And so well, that, I have, was, that I, was the rule. And, and I, I actually wasn't able to stick to it. I made myself get a few of them in a row. And then I was like, all right. And someone else had to talk me into it too. Because again, yeah. I just kind of have this frugal nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have one that's even more embarrassing. Uh, so I went through the same stage. I get to this. I pay off the student debt, right? That was goal number one. Yep. Then I, th- So then I quit my second job. I only have one job. And I'm an accountant, right? I, I think I'm making... I'm going to call it 40 grand a year. It might've been 42, it might've been 39, whatever, yep, right? Sure. Somewhere around there. And uh, I go out and buy a $60,000 car. <laughs> How stupid is that? How okay. dumb is that? Okay. I bought a, a pearl, white, pearl white Mitsubishi 3000 GT. Oh, oh just, those are cool. I, I, I'm a car guy, so I remember. I know exactly what those are. Yeah, those are yeah. cool. A little coupe. Long yeah. front end, back yeah. spoiler, Big round light. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, that was that was so above my means. It wasn't even. It was so stupid, so dumb, so dumb. And it was all look at me, all look at me. All right, now let's get to some. Let's get to phase three because phase two is embarrassing. Let's get to yes, phase it is. three. Let's get out of that topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, phase right. three is is like back to basics. Phase three is my wife and I realized, hey, and, and, and before that, I should say, too, we weren't married at the time. Um, the Maserati is. We were living together. She moved out there with me, whatever. But now we decide we're going to get married. We know we want to have kids. And it's like, OK, you know, you can't be torching money buying a Maserati or whatever it is that you did before. Like, hey, let's get back to the basics. Mm-hmm. I've always had this comment that I've said to her and she hates it. But I say it time and time again. Frugal is sexy. That's it. That's it. And you know what? She's actually, when we started, when we first started dating, she was actually relatively frivolous. I was always really frugal. And now she is way more frugal than I am. And every dollar that we're able to, you know, do whatever with is going towards the kids for her. So I'm like, Amanda, you gotta, Amanda's my wife. You gotta get a new sweater or whatever clothing (laughs) once in a while. Like, come on, treat yourself. But yeah. no, it just, again, out of the need for financial security in the future for us, we went from, you know, having fun and doing whatever we wanted to do at any point in time at a drop of a hat to saying, hey, 
let's not eat out as much. Let's, you know, get the 529s together for the kids. Let's think about, you know, the future for us in retirement and get everything as ironclad as we possibly can. Yeah. It's really funny because eight years in, you're now 30. If I'm doing the math right, that's exactly when I hit security as well. I'm like, well, I'm not the smartest guy around. I just lost all this money that got, I got to find a new way. And yeah, we, we just, we just, you know, we, we take a look at our income, which, and then we break down disposable income, which almost nobody does. And we focus on increasing that and buying assets on sale. And yeah, that was, that was a long time. That was a long time. And then, uh, Let's go to number four because I think we both got there as well. What's what's number four of your money obsession? Yeah, I just call it, I quit. I quit. So at this point, this was just two years ago now. Um, in 2021, I had worked for you know the Wall Street firms, three of them in particular, for ten different years, um, in total, a decade, and spent time you know working with the ultra rich, trying to get their financials ironclad, put together portfolio investment, etc. And I said, you know what? I grew up in this one red light town. A lot of my buddies have five to $100,000 to invest and no one's looking out for them. Let's take exactly what we did for those ultra rich people and bring it down in one ETF that can be purchased at $10 a share on Robinhood, Schwab, Fidelity, whatever it is. All that sophistication, bang, available to anybody that has $10 to invest. And But to do that, going back to the money obsession side of things, is I went from making whatever I was making at the time on Wall Street to making goose egg. Literally zero. <laughs> yeah. That's what, and, and not only not only making goose egg, but having to finance part of the project of building yeah. out this ETF firm out of my own pocket. And right. so I say I, we, our pocket, my wife and I's pocket. But yeah, right. so we go from making this substantial income, and thank God we went through the preparation stage of like, hey, let's sock away every dollar we can because we wouldn't have been able to do this. I quit. I go from making money to paying money out to fund this project. And I didn't solely finance it myself, but nonetheless, I put a, a, a healthy chunk of money behind it. Yeah. I, I went through the same thing, right? We get to a point, I have this one event, this one day, new sales year, don't like the outcome, quit. I, I went to work excited and I quit in a 15 minute, you know, or 15 second kind of conversation. And uh, I had to find that next thing, right? Showing people what's possible, talking about it, just just trying to create belief uh, and showing people the path. Uh, again, this this is a 10-year journey, right? We start from necessity. We do a little flash and dash. Then we go back to basics. And then you know, we, we can make other decisions. So money obsession works. Uh, I went through the same journey, maybe slightly different years length. But it's it was funny to read that going, yep, I did that too. Uh, flash and dash that's that's a really way that's a great way of putting it because i i think everyone that really kind of like makes it and and, and has that ability like at some point they do something stupid you know as, as smart as you try to be with money at some point you're gonna do something stupid yeah i did so yeah sixty thousand dollar car when you make 40 grand a year don't be stupid like that <laughs> yeah at, at least pay for it with, or have the ability to pay cash yeah uh, that was dumb taylor where can people find you yeah, follow us at Life Goal Investments on Instagram. We're just trying to make finance and investing simple there. So at Life Goal Investments on Instagram. Yeah, and every once in a while he embarrasses himself. So do me a favor, <laughs> follow him on, on Instagram and tell him you came from one rental at a time so he knows his weekly time here is worthwhile. Thank you so much.